Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. So we have been we have been doing a series called Disciples. Say disciples. So there have been like four sermons already on this, and I think what has been touched on already is something to do with who or what is a disciple. The difference between a disciple and a, and a believer, the difference between a believer and a Christian, you see. Um, discipleship in your family has been covered. The disciple factory was covered as a sermon as well. So someone is asking a question. So what are you going to talk about? Interesting. The question that I want to ask, I will start with a question. When did you last pray, sir? When did you last read the word, ma'am? When did you last fast, sister? That's just a question. I, I'm not asking for an answer, right? So the title, if you want, if you are into titles, the title of my message this morning is called Hearing to Do, the lesson from the disciples. Hearing to do. I would like to venture into an account by a man who was a medical doctor, a historian, a man who followed Paul into his missionary journeys, a man who wrote the book of Luke, and Acts. Will you open with me Luke chapter 5 from verse number 1 to number 11? I will read and I think the scripture will be showing up there. So Luke says, verse 1, so it was as the mouth should pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to pull out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the marches from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have been told, we have, we have told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will lay down you the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the, both the boats. So they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid, for from now you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. 
What a remarkable account. Surprisingly, it's only, this detailed account is only found in the Gospel of Luke. You see, like I said, Luke was so interested in the information. He gave detail. In so much that when he started his account, he, he, he basically said it out. In Luke 1 verse 1, he says, In as much as many have undertaken to write an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, as they were delivered to us by those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and who were also the servants of the Lord, I also after having taken a careful understanding, a careful and accurate investigation of these things, have decided also to put pen to paper, have decided also to write an orderly account to you all, Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of the things you have been instructed into. Luke is basically saying, I have researched, I have the detail, I have the information. In fact, I've, I've gone as far as talking to those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning. He's saying, I'm not guessing about this. And where we have read, brothers and sisters, it talks of a remarkable, an amazing miracle. Surprisingly, you know, when Peter was writing his account, his epistles or his letters, if you want to say that, I was expecting him to write about this event. Surprisingly to him, that's not it. He says, we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we followed this man from Galilee. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And he records transfiguration as the pinnacle of the miracles that he had seen. But this does not negate the fact that this was a massive miracle that had happened at Jesus' first encounter with the four men. Andrew, Peter, James, and Simon. Now, where we have just read, that's not, definitely, that's not the first account. Because Peter said, Master, to Jesus, so that's not what was, that's not the first meeting. That's not the first time Peter had met Jesus. Actually, if you go the previous verse, when, the previous chapters, when Luke is writing his account, he's basically talking about Jesus being baptized, Jesus being tempted, and then Jesus doing miracles. And he had started preaching. In fact, John tells us a little bit about this, that actually Simon came to know Jesus through his brother Andrew. Because in John chapter 1, from verse, from verse, around verse 35, John writes this and he says, because John the Baptist was preaching, saying, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He did not say it once. He said it the first day. The second day he said it. And Andrew was one of the disciples of Jesus, of John the Baptist. And when he heard that, he left John the Baptist and went for Jesus. And the following day, the Bible says that Andrew brought his brother Peter. And he said, we have found him whom they call the Messiah, Christ. But that account does not say that they, they followed him throughout. They say it actually records that for that day, they went to see where he was living. 
In my view, this is the second time Peter is meeting Jesus. The Bible says that the crowds were, among, were, were surrounding Jesus, listening. And as he was by the sea, actually the Bible records the lake of Genezareth, but also it's the same lake called the, the, the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias. It's the same thing. So he is there. He sees two boats. And he went into one of them. And one of those boats belongs to Simon. And he asked Simon to pull the boat, to push the boat a little bit from the shore. Surprisingly, when he came there, the boats had no people in them. The Bible records that the disciples, at this moment they were not yet disciples. The fishermen, let me say that. They were out mending their nets. In those days, their nets, they had leads. So the leads, if you throw your net into the water, the leads will cause the nets to, to, to go down into the water and then catch the fish. And then catch the fish. When you, you take that out after your fishing business, you have to clean and mend the nets. So that's what they were doing. They were done for the day. They were ready to go. I don't know in what area you have done for the day. You are done for the day. I'm speaking to someone who is probably who has probably been trying to do the same thing over and over without the results. Listen, what the Bible talks about here. He says. Jesus began, he sat down into the boat and began to teach. Luke does not record what he was teaching about. But for one thing that we know for sure is that at the end of the message, at the end of the service, Jesus turned to Simon. And he said, Simon, your time has come. Praise the Lord. He said to, to Simon, launch out your nets into the deep. He said to Simon, throw your nets into the deep. What a ridiculous statement. How can you say that? Let me tell, tell you why, am I, why I'm saying this. One, this man is a carpenter. Listen, Jesus' father, Joseph, was a carpenter. So he was known as the son of a carpenter. In those days, it was automatic that you were going to take your father's trade. Simon, Peter, his brother, his father, they were fishermen. They were experts. It was their business. This man had earned a living from fishing. Fishing was not something they were trying to do. <laughs> he knew when to go for fishing. He knew how to catch fish. And there comes a man, a carpenter. A carpenter is telling me, a fisherman, not only how to fish, but also when to fish. Think about it. I'm a professional accountant. I'm a chartered accountant by profession, so to say. 
And what we do sometimes requires us to follow strict requirements of particular standards. And think about it. A plumber or a medical doctor comes to me and tells me how to account for transactions and balances. Think about it. What are you going to say? Or vice versa, me, an accountant, telling a medical doctor how to treat a patient? Think about it. Put yourself in Peter's shoes. What did he think? No wonder why Peter said this. He said, Master, we have been toiling. The other versions put it this way. We have worked hard all night. He had to specify the length of time they had put in their labor. He said, the time that we have worked on this to get nothing is called all night. And say, I am a professional fisherman, but we had nothing. I don't know what you are facing or what your relative is facing. But say, ma'am, I believe in miracles. I will challenge you with this question. Can you sit around all your life being told that there is a God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you think of or imagine, according to the power that is at work within you? Shall you sit all your life without having a personal encounter without anything that has been happening personally in your life to talk about? Will you sit on the shores as a spectator of what God can do? My Bible tells me this, that he is not a respecter of persons. He, he has nothing to do with how you were born. He has nothing to do with where you come from. He has nothing to do with your parents or how you look. And there Simon was. And the Bible records, thank God he did it. Praise the Lord. Thank God he did it. Simon had an option to say no, say I'll come back tomorrow and I'll try again because last night it didn't happen. He had a chance to say, Master, I know what you have done. You have been healing, but in this business, stay out of this business. This is called fishing. He had lots of excuses to give. In fact, the timing, it was day. And he said, we do this by night. Little did he know that this man was different. Praise the Lord. Little did he know that this man was not a carpenter. John puts it this way. He says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was, was God. He says, by him all things were made including the fish that Simon was looking for. 
John puts it that way. He says, with him, without him, nothing was made that was made. And he says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Oh boy. That was the man in flesh standing, standing right in front of Simon. He knew where the fish were. He was not guessing. He knew the timing. In fact, I believe in my heart that even if the fish were not there, because he said it, they were supposed to be there. Praise the Lord. I do not know what you are looking for. I do not know what you want, but I know that in you there is a vacuum. There is a need. What are you going to do about what he said? Because definitely he is not quiet about it. About that circumstance that you are facing, he has already said it. He has already said something. All you need is to find what he said. What did he say? That's why I said, when did you last read his word? James put it this way. I like, I like James. James 1, verse 22, there about. He puts it in, 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 a, in a very, very, very good way. He says, Blessed doers. That's the last, the last scripture, the last part of it. Do not be hearers of the word only. And he says, deceiving yourselves. For he who hears the word and does not do it, he says, is like a man who looks himself in, a, himself in a mirror. And after a while, he forgets what a manner of man he is. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and does it, the Bible says, he shall be blessed in his doing. What did the word say about that circumstance? What did he say? He says, is anyone among you suffering? Did he say, let him go and tell his neighbor what to do? Did he say, go and look at the internet on how to solve it? Surprisingly, he says, let him pray. When did you last pray? Not only are we talking about the prayer, the reading of the word, there are areas where God has already said. Concerning your healing, he has already said something. Do it. Scripture puts it this way. You shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. The miracle is not in reading but in laying hands. As you lay hands... Praise the Lord. 
He puts it this way. Those signs shall follow them that believe in my name. He lists what will happen. But those things will not happen on their own. Someone has to do it. He puts it this way. He says, all power. Oh, God. He says, all power in heaven and on earth. All authority has been given unto me. And he says, go ye therefore and preach the gospel to all nations. Praise the Lord. Which means someone has to go. Someone has to. We are not only talking about preaching the gospel or this and that. Look, when he did his miracle, yes, he was after Peter. Yes, he was after James and John because they were partners in this business. The same miracle that happened to Peter was happening to James and John because the Bible records that when he caught the fish, the net was about to break. He did not forget his partners. He called his partners. He says, come and let's catch this fish together. And when they were about to catch the fish, they filled both the boats. The Bible records without question, the boats were about to sink. So he was not only after these men, but also remember, this was their business. This was their livelihood. This is how they lived. He cared for them. He cares for you. He cares much more than you think of or imagine. He cares. Oh, boy, <laughs> I feel this thing. It reminds me of a man one day. I was staying with this person and he was my friend, or he is my friend. Let me put it that way. And it was after work when people are about to come from work and that time, uh, around six or seven, I didn't go to work that day for some reason. It has nothing to do about what I'm talking to you about, but I have to say, I didn't go to work that day. And I'm, I'm actually washing the plates. I wasn't married by that time. <laughs> Because someone is already asking the question. So where was the wife? Where was <laughs> as if she's there to, to wash plates. Anyways, let me mind my own business. Uh, so I was washing the plates. And suddenly, someone told I can't explain it, but I someone told me to pray for, for my friend. I stopped what I was doing. And I started praying, but I didn't know what to pray about. So I did what I knew by that time. Pray in tongues. You never go wrong. Praise the Lord. The Bible puts it this way. He who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but he speaks to God. No man understands it. But in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. 
He speaks things that are not revealed. Hidden things yet true. I began to speak in my understanding and speaking in tongues. While I was still praying, I heard a knock on the door. I went and I looked. That's the man I'm praying for. He's coming back home. But something is not right with him. His suit was covered in dust. He did not have the shoes. And I'm asking him, what happened to you? He's like a few minutes ago. Men attacked me. And they were putting knife on my throat. Imagine had I not prayed. Had I said tomorrow I will pray. What this voice? He said, what? Excuses. I tell you that man by now would be the let. I wonder what God is saying sometimes to you. Because he's not silent. He is not. My message this morning is that do not be a hearer, but doer. Because in your doing, you are blessed in your doing. Not only that, but you lay a foundation. Listen, there are people that do not read the word. That looks, look like they are doing fine. But listen, their foundation is weak. The strength of how good you can be is only seen in times of adversity. Jesus puts it this way, Matthew 7, 24. He puts it this way. He says, if a man hears my words and do them, he says he's like a man who has built his foundation on the rock. When the storm comes, the house will be standing. But a man who hears my word and does not do, underline that, and does not do, he has heard, and that's it. He has heard and does nothing. The Bible says that man is like a man who has built his house on sand. And when storm comes, he recalls that it will not stand. The storms of life will come. That's where the word of God met us. That's where we see the foundation. Will you commit suicide because of the storm of life? Will you go to a traditional healer because of this? Will you go away from the Lord? Will you leave this and say, no, this is not it. I can't, I can't, I can't believe God anymore. The Bible recalls a remarkable thing about Abraham. He says being 100 years old, his body was as good as dead. The Bible says he did not stagger in the promises of God, but was strong 
giving glory to God. He did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. The Bible records. He believed God. The Bible put it this way. He believed God. He considered him able to raise the dead. He called him he who is able to call things that are not as though they were. We are living at a time when people do not believe in miracles. We are believing in, in, in times when people have put their foundation or dependencies on things that are not God. Your life is not ordinary. You are not an ordinary man. You are not ordinary. Don't you know what the Bible records? That you are the house. He tabernacles in you. He lives in you. I have lots of things to say. But like the writer of Hebrews, I will say this. Time has failed me to say. But I want you to, raise, to rise on your feet. He is well able. He is well able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you think of or imagine or ask of. And he puts it back to you. He says, according to the power that is at work within you. Whatever I'm talking about this morning will not work for you if you have not met Jesus, your Lord and Savior. And if you are that somebody who has not received Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior, you have not said yes to God, or you have done it but half-heartedly, you need Jesus. You need God in your life. Do not wait until you have tried all night long, like Peter. You don't have to try all night long for you to need God. You, must, you are smart enough to understand that you need God now before you even try in your own strength. I'll pray. Ancient of days, King of kings and lords of lords, immortal God, invisible and the only wise God. I pray for my brothers and my sisters this morning. Lord, I thank you for the hearts that you have touched. I thank you for the supply of your spirit and of your grace. Lord, I speak to that condition in the mighty name of Jesus. Be healed in your body. Be healed in your bones. Be healed in your blood. Be healed in your veins. In every cell of your body. Lord, I pray that you minister to your people. Here and those that are not here. And thank you for the grace to do your word. Thank you for confirming your word. 
wherever we go. Lord, thank you for enabling us to spread the fragrance of your knowledge wherever we go. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.